thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 137 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We as runners love other runners. We love talking about running and training and shoes and workouts and anything else that we can think of because you know that if you talk to another runner, they get it. They get you. So in this time when we are physically distanced, it's important for us to remember the importance of community. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So now during this time that we find ourselves in where we are more physically distanced, I feel like it's been very interesting to see how people have reacted to this, right? At first it was very, there was a lot of anxiety and fear and not sure what was going on. and Panic. Panic, yeah. And now you keep seeing more and more people that are seeing the benefits and seeing some of the positives of this time. And one of the things that I keep hearing from people is the ability for them to connect to other people that they haven't had time to connect with in the past, right? Because of these busy lives that we all lead, like whether it's extended family or friends that are long distance, like whatever it might be, those people that you always say, oh, we should connect or we should hook up or we should do this. And it never kind of works out for you to make those phone calls. A lot of people are starting to get on Zoom calls now or make those phone calls to some of those people that they have been disconnected from before. Well, it's really, it's set up the ability to to make those phone calls because when you're telecommuting to work, when you're doing, you know, your job through all of these like, you know, platforms that you might not have used before mm-hmm. of like, oh, you know, we should really figure out how to do FaceTime with like the grandparents and our kids. Like we should figure out how to make a Zoom call. Eh, I don't really want to figure that out. That's like, true. People didn't, people didn't want to have to figure out how to do that. Like it's mm. easy, easy enough to pick up a phone, but it's like, well, it'd be better if we could have this FaceTime back and forth and there's technology breakdowns. Now you have to do it for your job. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, it turns out this is not that complicated. The technology is now automatically downloaded onto my computer. Why don't we use this? Yeah. Why don't we use this and, and have ways of reaching out? And people are finding even more and more ways of of building this community you get all these extroverts that need to be out there and need to have the community they're finding all sorts of ways to Mm -hmm. to create groups and and talk with each other and see each other and challenges and workouts and all the things going on social media i do 10 you do 10 i share a picture of my dog you share a picture of your dog like all these things that just kind of keep spiraling through it's everybody wanting to, to still have that community. Mm-hmm. If any of you guys follow me on Instagram, you were privileged enough to see Kevin and I's first picture together back from our college days. That's another one of those oh, ones. Oh, yeah, that was a good one that, that were circulating around. I was like a little hesitant to share it, but it's, it was fine. But, um, but yeah, that's a cute one that I've seen circulating too. And I just think that it's, it is so interesting, right? Because as people, we just have this physical like we're just physically drawn together, right? Like we just have this need to be around other human beings for the most part. I mean, unless you are in complete isolation, in which case you're probably not listening to podcasts. (laughs) I mean, you have a need to be around other people, even if you're an introvert. Like I think that extroverts, like you say, do have more of that need to be around other people and to connect, but introverts have that same thing too. Introverts definitely have the same thing. At first, when it was this whole social distancing, which I still think is just a, it's a terrible name for it because we're not social distancing. In the world that we live in, we have so many ways to connect to other people. We're physically distancing. We're physically distancing. Yeah. Like you can't actually go up and touch a lot of other people around you, but you're not really socially distancing. That hurts it's, me as a hugger. You know that. I know that very much. That's why you guys have been very good. Very recipient of lots of hugs. Very good about letting me hug. <laughs> um, but introverts are still in this sort of world where at first we're like, this is going to be great. We have this sort of alone time, but introverts don't have much alone time. Now everybody's at the house with everybody. So now introverts are trying to find their own way of, of getting alone time. And then when they're running, right, like running, <laughs> um, but then when they're with other people, they're like, no, wait, I can, I, I, in fact, not only can I reach out to the people around me, but I, I need to reach out to the people around me. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, I, I definitely was one of them. I was trying to push away and find and, and dig out that little like alone time, that time for me. And I still need it. But the longer this sort of 
quarantined, isolation, set-aside environment exists, the more everybody is going to actually try and reach out and form connections with the people around them. Right, because as human beings, like, it's just built into our genes to connect with others. Because groups, like, if we go back and and think about um, historically and evolutionarily, like, we were drawn to becoming a group because groups made us safer from predators. So we tend to seek them out. Like Evo- Evolutionarily, that was ev- the word I was trying to come up with before. Is that even a word? I don't know, but it should be. That's what I was evo- trying to come up evolutionally, with. Evolutionally. Evolution. In terms of evolution. In terms of evolution. It's good to be in a group. Right. Exactly. So when we are in a group, like it, it's just, you feel safe. You feel connected. Like it's just one of those things that human beings are naturally drawn to. It's one of the things that makes us unique as humans. I mean, there are some animals out there that also gravitate toward groups. Usually for safety. Usually for safety, right. But there's a lot of animals in the animal kingdom that don't, you know, they, they have their babies and then they leave them and they go out and do whatever else they need to do. Right. Um, but then we, as humans, we need to be connected to other people. Um, And part of the thing that makes us have that need are our actual hormones. Like our body actually releases hormones that make us happier when we are around others, which encourages us to then stay around other people. Right. It literally is, is our, our hormones were trying to encourage us to group up in packs for safety. I don't know if gazelles do the same thing. Gazelles just go into a pack so that they are safer. Mm-hmm. Zebras go into a pack so that they are safer. Cause if you're, If you're not a strong zebra, you just have to be in the middle of the pack. Yeah, as long as you're stronger and faster than the slowest one, right? Well, I mean, the the gazelles actually work this out, that they put the the older, slower, weaker ones in the middle of the pack so that they just kind of have to roll with the crowd. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they're very protective. Um, But then I I also... from a pure physics standpoint, I can't I can't avoid the fact that I am still a physics teacher, at least for forty five minutes on a live period once a week, and then you're regu- a physics <laughs> teacher for longer than that. I know it's <laughs> it's funny though because I, I reach out to the physics kids and I, I'm actually got them two or three times live this week just because they they enjoy coming to the class also, and we spend some of the time talking about physics, but we spend other time just talking and you know it's related to the current topic at hand but then they also just have questions they just want to see each other and it all happens through zoom calls and so we're able to not only learn physics but to just learn about each other um but the whole connection thing i i was thinking about this when i was making the outline i said i thought oh this is a funny thing that i always cover in physics class is you are in fact physically attracted to every other person in the entire world Mm mm-hmm like there's, it's, it's Newton's law of attraction. There's an actual mathematical formula that says how much force is attracting you to the person next to you. There is an actual physical attraction that is pulling you to the person next to you. Yeah, I know. I, I physically feel myself having to hold back from just like clinging onto you right now. Well, it's not large enough to <laughs> overcome gravity, but it is an actual calculatable number. Well, I mean, not gravity, but just like, you know, that physical attraction. You guys should see the way our podcast is set up here. But. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's true. Like you do have this, not only physical need to be with, like, like you said, an actual physical force, um, but an emotional force as well, right? That's pulling you to be in community. Like you have the physical aspects of touch, like touch is something that is really important. Like there, I saw a thing the other day that was, um, talking about physical touch and hugging specifically. Oh, it was that, was that trolls? Possibly. I didn't watch that one. Hmm. I, am I, if I'm quoting trolls here, that's even funnier. I really hope you're quoting trolls. <laughs> I don't, you and the girls watched no, that I was doing work. I'm pretty sure it wasn't trolls. I'm pretty sure there was an actual article that was talking about um, like the dopamine release that you get after 20 seconds of physical contact with another being, like oh, no, in that, a hug. We, we were both listening to that. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> that, it's a hug. That was from an actual doctor who was, who was presenting that <laughs> if you hold a hug for a full 20 seconds, and mm-hmm. most people do not hold hugs for a full 20 seconds, but I if you do, do to some people, um, <laughs> if you were able to actually maintain a, a hug, yeah. like a good, legit hug for 20 seconds, there's a spike in dopamine right then. Yeah, 20 seconds. At 20 seconds. Right. Spike in dopamine and a drop in your heart rate. Right. It, it, it physically makes you healthier to be around other people. And I was listening to another podcast today, um, the Brene Brown podcast, Unlocking Us. She was interviewing the um, 
previous Surgeon General, and he was talking about this sense of loneliness that a lot of people have in community. Same thing, though, like how and, – and there was another doctor, Dr. Dean Ornish, I was listening to on another podcast that was talking about the importance of physical touch and community and love and connection in your life as a an actual predictor for um, – not having chronic diseases like you can actually heal chronic diseases by improving the social connection and amount of love in your life like these things aren't just fluff like these are actual physical needs that we have as human beings so yes there's number one physical right yes Number two, as human beings, we are emotionally bonded. So we feel that pull towards other people that are similar to ourselves. Right. And there's there's a physics term for this also. In it, it's called resonance. If you've ever tried to push a small kid on a swing, resonance is how this works. And it works out perfectly with a lesson that I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to in physics class this year because I don't have the time to teach everything remotely. But the lesson that I love to share with my kids every year, so I'm sharing it on the podcast instead, I was at a park one time and there was a guy who was pushing his kid on the swing and I was pushing our little daughter on the swing and ours wanted to go really high on the swing. So I at my strapping form of a distance runner, started (laughs) pushing her on the swing. And you know how this works. The kid swings back towards you, and as they start to swing away, you push. And the fact that they're swinging away, you time out the rhythm of the swing. And you don't have to just shove them as hard as you possibly can. You shove the kid as hard as you can, and they fall off of the swing. (laughs) Like, you just, you work with the rhythm of the swing, and suddenly she's shooting way up in the air, and she's touching the leaf on the branch way high and giggling like crazy. And the guy next to me... He was like, he was jacked. I mean, he was huge. And his son was like, Dad, I want to go that high also. And so the dad grabbed the kid and the swing and reached back and just shoved him (laughs) as hard as possible. And the kid didn't go as high as our daughter. And then he came back and instead of working with the swing, instead of letting the swing go back and then go forward and pushing, he caught the kid and then shoved him again. And every time he did it, the kid went to the same height. And the dad is over there just like grunting as he's doing this. And I am now pushing, pushing ours with one hand. And she's going higher because I've got the flow of the swing. I'm not fighting the swing. I'm working with the swing. My force simply builds with the rhythm of the swing. This other guy was fighting against nature. Mm-hmm. And fighting against nature is usually a losing battle. Right. So how does that apply to this? Well, it's resonance is when you work with something and your frequency operates at the same as that thing's frequency or two people who are living at the same frequency, they work together. And instead of being the strength of one person and the strength of two, they literally build up and they're more than the strength of the two people combined. Okay. So that's why we're emotionally Emotionally attracted and connected to other runners or people that we share common interests with. People that we share common interests, other runners, people that are are acting on a similar frequency. That's why when you're happy, you seem to be able to find other happy people. Mm -hmm. If you're grumpy, you seem to be able to find other grumpy people Mm -hmm. because you're naturally drawn towards and other people are drawn towards you if there's a similar frequency. Well, that's the whole law of attraction. Yes. I mean, that is the law of attraction that like attracts like that you will attract into your life other that the feelings that you're having you will attract more of that like if you're putting out positive into the world you're going to attract more positive things into your life if you're leading with gratitude you're going to get more things to be grateful for so it's the same idea here resonance law of attraction it's all scientific and it's all true Yes. Yeah, completely. And I mean, this doesn't mean that you have to like always be walking around, like bouncing off the wall, giggling all over the place. Like you got to sometimes have a feel for the room. Like you can't walk (laughs) into like a somber ceremony and be like, yeah, who's ready to party? Like that's not like you got to. You're that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah. But you got to, you got to get a a feel for it. But you can also still be a positive person Mm -hmm. when you walk into a room uh, where like a, a sad situation is occurring. You can still be a person who brings light to that room like you don't have to be operating at like super high energy but you can still bring happiness you Mm -hmm. can try and bring try and elevate the spirit of that room and people will draw towards that yeah you can bring positivity to the situation because we can basically so like kevin's saying like we all as human beings have a frequency and we can choose to raise our frequency 
or to lower our frequency to match those around us. And a lot of times this happens and we don't even realize that it's happening. And that's one of the reasons that it's so important the people that you choose to surround yourself with because it happens automatically in some situations. Like when you're around really happy and positive people, you're going to try to match their frequency. If you're around the negative Nellies that are always pointing out how things are terrible or how someone else has it better than them or why they're never going to achieve anything or their goals, right? You're going to feel that. Like you can actually feel weighted down by people that have that kind of frequency. Yeah. If you hang out with people that are always complaining, then you're going to be able to start finding things in your life that you can complain about. Totally. Because you're like, oh, well, my group complains. I'd like to be part of that group. That's Mm -hmm. still a desire to connect. Yep. But if the people around you are complaining for you to connect to that group, you now need to complain, which means the universe will give you things to complain about. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because I'm actually a part of lots of different groups. Like I've got, you know, my group of mom friends from school. I've got my group of running friends. I've got different groups that I'm a part of. And you know, all those groups are very active now in in this time of quarantine. And it's very interesting to see the frequency of each group, right? Like there are (laughs) definitely different frequencies in each group. Like there are some groups that are very positive and people are just talking about gratitude and those kinds of things. Then there's other, other groups that are just, um, posting memes of like funny quarantine things. Like there are people that are just complaining about like all of the things that they're missing out on. Like there's a, there's lots of different groups and it's so interesting to see how once one person posts something, there's a lot of people that kind of go along with that or, and then if somebody posts something that's not in the same frequency, then it's like crickets. It's so interesting for me to like observe this. Right, because it doesn't resonate with the group. I know, isn't it funny? It's it's out of frequency. It seems awkward. Mm-hmm. If everybody's in there complaining and you come in and you know you simply try and, and show your great gratitude for what you have that morning. Right. People are gonna be like, yeah, except we don't have this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And because it didn't match the frequency. Right. And you can choose to then either say, oh, you're right, I should I should complain more, or move to a different group. Mm-hmm. Or just understand that, that what the frequency is of that group and then adjust your expectations appropriately. Right, but if you hang out with that group too long, right. you're, you will naturally move towards their frequency, mm-hmm. which is nice that you have several things. Mm-hmm. But you got to point out that like, maybe in some of those groups, there might be some people who are bringing more of a negative frequency. And when they get busy with other things happening, it's possible the frequency of that group could rise up mm-hmm. because people who have a, a more positive, a higher, a, a more joyful frequency would then start posting more. Then the negative person tries to come back in and post their thing. And now that doesn't match Mm -hmm. the mood anymore. Yeah, for sure. And you guys have probably all experienced this and not even realize that you're doing it. Like if you start thinking of like races that you've been a part of, if you've ever gone to a retreat, if you've ever gone to like a really good business conference or a really good personal conference, if you've ever just been in a group of family or friends where there's just a whole lot of happiness or the opposite, a whole lot of sadness and complaining, you, I'm sure if you just stop and think for a second, can can think of examples of all of these different frequencies that you have experienced in your life. And this is one of the reasons that they say that you are a sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Like if you're constantly being surrounded by those people, their frequency is going to influence yours. Yes. I was just going to say that one is you are the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's a very physical thing too. Like Completely. it's a, it's a, it's an emotional thing and it's a physical thing. Like it literally will change the frequency of you and how you operate in the world. Yeah. I was thinking, um, very much on, on races or on, on retreats that I, I know I've gone on in high school and stuff like that of the mood after you're in that environment for so long. If it's like a really positive thing, if everybody's sort of bringing light and joy to it, it feels weird to leave at the end of Mm -hmm. it because it's just got so much, like I could take on the world right now because you've just been building this positive energy and reinforce that positive energy with everybody around you. When you've got that and it's just positive upon positive, it's, it's not just a, a summative effect. It it increases. It's it's more than two positive people coming together and getting the power of 
of two, mm -hmm. it's two positive people to coming together and getting the power of more than that, like two and a half. You get 10 positive people and you can do more than the work of 10 people because you have 10 people as a group and it, it, it grows. Right. So that's the whole idea that the power of the group is far greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. There's a, there's a story that I was thinking of, um, and I'm pretty sure that it's from the book Tuesdays with Maury, that he tells, and it's the story of the little wave. Mm -hmm. And the little wave is bobbing along in the water, you know, out in the sun, just really enjoying itself. And suddenly it looks forward, and it sees the waves in front of it crashing onto the shore. And every time the, the wave hits the shore, it just it crashes and splatters all over the place, and the wave starts panicking. And it's now it, it looks ahead and it's like this is terrible. We're all we're all going to crash. We're all going to die. And another wave comes up next to it and it looks over and it sees that it has this very concerned look on its face and says, "What's what's wrong? Why are you so concerned?" And he goes, "Look, we're all we're all going to crash. We're all heading to the shore and it's all going to crash." And the the bigger, more experienced wave says, "You don't understand. You're not just a wave. You're part of the ocean." And it's like well, you're. You think that you're this solo, isolated thing, but you're something, you're part of something so much bigger. You're just one aspect of this huge universe. And so the way that you show up then helps affect the entire universe as well, too. Yeah, I love that story. I mean, that's just a great example of how we are a part of so much more than just ourselves. And I think that in this time, we are realizing that as well. And this is why community during this time is so important also. Like, even though we physically can't be with other people, which a lot of us do miss, I'm definitely a person that is missing my community, there are still a lot of ways that we can connect. And online is one of the best ways that we're connecting with people right now. Like it just is. And thank goodness we have the technology that we have right now because it is allowing us to talk to people that maybe before it was talking to people that were far away, but now it's talking to people that are even just like across the street or down the block or, you know, whatever it might be, someone that's even in your current city that you're just not able to see all the time, you can still connect with them online. And that's one of the things that we love about our Facebook tribe. It's literally people from all around the world that come into this Facebook group, which is called the Real Life Runners Tribe. And they connect with each other because they're all runners. Like we have people literally around the globe that are just talking and making friendships and connecting and saying, hey, how was your run today? Or, oh my gosh, you did so great. That was so much better than your run last weekend. Like these people know each other and are there to support each other. And I, I've heard this from multiple people in our tribe recently that it's really their go-to place on Facebook. Like that's why they sign on to Facebook and come onto social media is to come into the tribe because of the positivity and the support that they get from it. I mean, it's really like the best um, like pre-race packet pickup expo that you could go to. It's kind of, I like to, I like to look at it that way. Like, you know, you go to, go to those expos and yes, it's one thing to go around and get all the free samples within there. But, um, when you go in, everybody's excited for the upcoming race. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to talk about the upcoming race, but you also have the people that are a little nervous about it, but everybody's in general, pretty excited. And so you've got the person who's nervous, but there's a group of people around them giving them hints on how they're going to do what so well, yeah. giving them, oh, I ran this race last year and you're going to be fine. People that are genuinely concerned because heading into a race, all runners know that, you know, you're not sure exactly what's what to expect on race day. Mm -hmm. So there's some nerves, but everybody wants to support the people around them. You all know that you've got this race coming. And so everybody's just trying to make it as good as it can be, feel as good as possible. So now when we don't have races, people are still trying to come together and support everybody. And whether it's like a virtual race that someone's doing or literally just, I went out and ran five miles, there's so much cheering and support around them that mm -hmm. it's it's really a great place to be. Right, because through this community that we're building, you have that support, you have that sense of connection and accountability because you know that others are counting on you and then you can then count on them. You know, like when you post your runs in the group, like other people are there to cheer you on. Like I love seeing it. Like it's the most beautiful thing. So for those of you that 
aren't a member of our tribe yet, go to realliferunnerstribe.com to sign up and gain access to our private Facebook group. And for those of you that are already members of our tribe, I have come up with a fun contest for you. This is exciting. I'm, I kind, know. Of, I'm kind of excited for this I just this kind one. of came up with it because I, I want to continue to build our community because it is such a special community. So for those of you that are current members of our Facebook tribe, here's your challenge. I want to challenge you to invite one friend, at least one friend, into our Facebook group, okay? You can invite more than one if you want, but this is going to enter you into a giveaway because I love giving away free stuff. Yes, you do. So what we want to do is we are going to run this giveaway. Let's see, today's the 22nd of April. So let's let's do it until the end of the month, okay? We'll the do episode's it. episode's coming out on the 23rd. Okay, well, <laughs> we're recording it on the 22nd. So there you go, pre-planning at its finest. <laughs> so, so we're going to run this contest for a week then, okay? okay. So until the end of April, April, if if you can, you will get a one entry for every friend that you invite into our tribe. Now, here's the caveat. Your friend has to answer the questions to enter the Facebook group. We have three membership questions and they have to answer all three questions. One of them involves a locomotive leaving from Chicago, traveling <laughs> eastbound, while the other has a, a train leaving from New York, traveling westbound. Right. No. It's, it's literally, how did you find the group? Okay, like you, you guys have all answered these questions. I haven't changed them in a, a very long time. So it's, it's um, you know, how did you find the group? So your friend needs to put your name in that statement okay like how did you find the group they need your name in there so you will get credit if your name is there in that answer and question number one how did you find the group okay and they will not be approved into the group unless they answer all three questions okay so make sure that they know that like there's sometimes people i hate to do it but i i decline some people from coming into our group because i'm not just going to let anyone in these questions are not difficult these questions are very simple right and so i want to foster a community of people that are in this to engage i want people engage. I don't want everyone in this group. That's not fun. Like, I don't care how many members that we have. I don't care if there's 25,000 members in this group, if there's no one talking like to me, 25,000 members, three of them actually post something like that. That takes away the beauty of the group. Like I'd rather us be like a very small and connected bunch. So have them sign up, answer the membership questions and, um, put your name in the box that says, how did you find out about the group? You will get credit for any like you can have five you can have 10 entries however many friends you get to join our tribe and answer the questions let's actually extend this and make it a little bit longer so why don't we say that we will close down um entries for the contest on may 5th Ooh, it's the fiesta the fiesta a little cinco de mayo action so you have from now until may 5th to invite as many of your friends to the tribe as you'd like to and you get an entry into our giveaway for as many friends as you bring in that put your name into the how did you find out about us question. And the giveaway is for guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> um, it's going to be some cool prizes. I haven't figured it out yet. I literally just came up with this idea today. Excellent. So it's either going to be some, it's going to be a real, real I think we'll do a, a, a real life runner shirt. We'll send you a shirt. Excellent. For sure. Um, and then why don't we do a coaching call as well? Fantastic. Maybe we'll have two winners if we want. We'll Perfect. see. One, we'll either do one or two winners so that the one winner will get either both prizes or I'll split it up and have two prizes. Excellent. <laughs> Sounds like fun. This does sound like fun. Woo, <laughs> fiesta. So, so there will be prizes. So, I mean, and, and the prizes are great. The giveaway is awesome. So please invite your friends. But the more, you know, more of it is just building our community, right? Because you want to surround yourself with other people, people that are like you, that are going to build you up, that are going to support you, that you want to support as well. Like maybe you've got a running buddy that's having a tough time and they're struggling and, and you're really enjoying what's happening in the group invite them in you know like maybe that person can benefit from everything that's happening in the real life runners tribe as well because like we just said you are going to build up you are going to lift other people's frequency if you have a higher frequency and if you surround yourself with other people that have higher frequencies right it's tough to bring up somebody if if you've got one person who's grumpy and you're trying to come in with super high energy it's tough for you to just solo bring that person up but if you can get them surrounded by other people who are bringing in high energy and and some grace to running because this doesn't mean that everybody's just crushing it every single day on their run mm-hmm. they're 
are people who are like, man, I struggled today. I was aiming for five. I got in three. And everybody's just like, yeah, way to go. You got in your three. Like it's still, it's got that level of support also. So it's not just like, you know, all cheerleading. Like right. there's, there's legitimate uh, empathy, not sympathy, empathy. There's people empathy. who understand what's going on. It's camaraderie, it's really. Camaraderie. You know, it's, it's people that understand what's happening. Like they get you. Another huge aspect of community and why community is so important is because it can help you to increase your knowledge. Like, let's face it, no one knows everything about everything and all of us should be open to learning from everyone. Like, I think that one of the things that I, that I've heard in the past that I loved is whenever you walk into a room, you should assume that you're the dumbest person in that room. And I think that that's such a great mindset to go in because a lot of us, so many times, especially if we're going into group situations, I know I've felt this pressure before, like, and I know I've talked to other people that have felt the same thing. Like you go in and you're like, okay, like I I feel like I have to show up. Like, I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to look like I don't know what's going on. Like, and so you go in with this Bravado. assumption a bravado but it's it's this assumption that you need to know things right yeah. or that you need to appear a certain way and, and that's really what brings on a lot of social anxiety so instead of that like if you could walk into a room and just be like you know what there's someone here that can teach me something like take on that student role and say try to find someone interesting because it doesn't matter who that person is or what kind of experience they have maybe you know more about running than that person does but maybe that person knows something about basket Guac- weaving or guacamole or guacamole <laughs> maybe that they've got the best guacamole recipe in the world i mean that i mean i, I think i do but yes i, I stole it when i uh, my, i made it up and uh, well even my sister like stole it and my sister is yes, not, is, is a true. tough cook to please that is true she even admitted it but yes so there's someone no matter what group you're in that can teach you something and i think that that's a really good way to come into any community is just with that desire to learn more. Right. You have to have that open, that openness. You have to be willing to learn. And I mean, that's part of, you know, when you say you've got to answer these questions to get into our Facebook group, part of it is just a willingness to actually do just a little bit extra. And it's not like it's a tricky thing. Like there's not like a mile time that you have to hit in order to get into the group. Like (laughs) you simply have to be open and wanting to be in the group. That's, that's the trick Mm -hmm. is you have to want to be there. Mm -hmm. Like if you're super grumpy and you go to like a birthday party and you're like, all right, here's all these happy people. I guess I'm just surrounded by happy people. So I'll naturally be happy. You're not because you're not actually there, Mm. Like you're not actually engaged. You have to engage. You have to be willing and open to accept what's around you. And that thing around you is very likely to be a great increase in your knowledge. You surround yourself with lots of people. You can learn lots of new things. Mm-hmm. People learn stuff every day. When when I'm teaching, when I'm in the classroom and I walk in, yes, on the current subject matter, I can probably, I know more than all of the students in the room who have never seen the subject matter before. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that I can't learn things from the people in the class. Right. It's just on a different topic. You still have to have the openness and willingness to learn. Mm-hmm, for sure. And part of our community, there's a ton of people that have so many different experiences with running. And there's so much to learn from our group. Like there's people that run ultra marathons, marathons, half marathons. And then there are people that have never run a race before. Like it it literally spans the whole spectrum. And so there's so many things that even the seasoned runners can learn from newbies. And I think that this is a really important thing too, to point out, like clearly if you're a newer runner, there's a lot you don't know. And there's a lot that you know, you don't know. So you can probably come into a situation knowing that you can learn things from other people, right? But those of us that are more seasoned runners and seasoned athletes, like sometimes I don't see as much of that openness to learning. There's a lot of people that you can sometimes see that will be the first ones to offer advice and advice is great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's part of what makes a great community, you know, what it is. But I think that it's also important for us even as seasoned runners to still be open to learning some of those lessons that maybe we used to know and maybe just kind of forgot or maybe the years of 
running have kind of hardened us in some ways. Well, you get set in your way. Everybody, yeah. it, it's it's that running became simply a habit that you just are doing that same thing, whatever the workout routine is that you have every time. And because you've been doing it for the last 15 years, that must be the best way to do it. And mm-hmm. so when someone has a question, not only do you have a answer, but you have the answer to that mm-hmm. question. Like, well, I've been doing it for 15 years. Like, oh, cool. Have you read any late, lately research of any sort of exercise physiology in the last five because it's possible that that plan from 15 years ago needs to get some update to it. It's totally possible that that works, but Mm -hmm. this also goes into the whole idea of runners as an experiment of one is Mm -hmm. what works perfectly for one person is not necessarily going to work for the other. So when you have a large group that you can sort of get all sorts of information for, it just opens up the possibility that you're going to gain information that will be helpful for you because it gives you a whole lot of different experiments that you can run right so it just opens you up to more possibilities like maybe you haven't thought of it that way before maybe you've never done it that way before and maybe you're willing to try it maybe you're not and that's okay too but like I think just going into things being open to those possibilities and seeing what you can gain from your community both what you can gain and what you can offer is really really important so moving on to the next point about why community is so important like Basically, the best communities are really willing to share free of judgment from those around them because, and this takes us back to those possibilities because I think that this is one thing that can hold a lot of people back from sharing is that fear of judgment. They're, totally. You know, they're, especially in the running community, like people that are newer to running, they're like, well, I don't want to say this because hey. <laughs> there's other runners in here that have been running for so long. They are, they're going to think I'm an idiot. Right. If I ask this question, you know that they're just going to respond with, well, what's your PR? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not even talking to you. Right. Like, I, no one's asking. No one's saying that. Well, there are some run, running groups out there that do that. And, I, and I've heard <laughs> of them. Like, I, I mean, thank goodness I've never been a part of it, but I've talked to other running friends that I've had and, and there are groups in our area and they said that you know that group over there like are very exclusive they don't even allow you to run with them unless you're running like a under a nine minute mile or whatever and I'm like really like they ask you that and they're like yeah like that's just part of like getting into the group and I'm like oh wow and and okay, fine. You know what? To to those people, that's what they want to surround themselves with. And that's fine. Like, I'm not going to judge them. But I also think that the beauty of community is diversity, right? Like it's, it's bringing together people of different backgrounds, of different experience levels. There's also something really good to be said for people that share those kinds of things, right? Like creating community, um, like in a religious group, like a a church, right? That's a lot of people that share the same faith. That's great. There's a running group that shares our love of running, right? Like, and that's one of the things that's beautiful about community is that you can bring together different people in different groups. Well, that's also part of the greatness of, of the running online community is it's a bit of a challenge if you try and get together a thousand people and create different like running groups and everybody's going to go off on their run. You need to make sure you have people of all the appropriate paces online where people are just talking about their runs while Mm -hmm. they're, you know, living wherever the entire world it doesn't matter how fast you're going. It doesn't matter how far you're going. You could go off and run two miles in 40 minutes and you can have a conversation with a guy that just ran 10 miles at six minute pace. Mm-hmm. Like you can have this conversation because you're both out there running. You both get that running connection, even though you might not physically be able to run with each other. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened when we both got into running and we would run next to each other on treadmills. We were able to actually run together together even though we were not holding similar paces Mm -hmm. but we could still understand what the other person was doing because we were both still running right so one of the things that we really try to foster in the real life runners tribe is for people to share their results because it doesn't matter what the number on the clock says if you're a runner you understand what it's like to go out and push yourself hard and try to slug through a workout or a run when it's 90 degrees outside and you're just you feel like you're dying and you come back and you're like you know what I didn't die I'm pretty darn happy about that run you know like and then you post that it doesn't matter what the numbers say because someone else that did that faster or slower could have had those exact same feelings out on the run just at 
a different pace or a different number. Right. And so when you put your, your results out there, you're also not afraid to see anybody else's results coming in. Like if you put your results out and there's somebody else who did it faster or slower, you don't have to immediately look at that and be like, oh, I'm better than that person, but I'm not as good as that person. You just simply know that you have this thing in common with them in that you just all went out and did that. You all went out and put in the miles. And if it was like a race or a virtual race or the longest you've ever run, everybody knows what the longest they've ever run felt like. Like, I don't care if the longest you've ever run was three or 30. That last mile hurt. Like that's, that's a sensation that we can all connect with. However long that distance is when you're stretching your body farther than it's gone, people know what that feeling is. Right. But I I think that it is important to acknowledge that people are sometimes afraid of that. You know, people that is a real fear. Like you said, the way that you said it is a very wonderful utopian way of looking Mm -hmm. at it that, you know, you're not afraid when by you posting your results, you're not afraid to see other people's results. And and that just simply isn't true all the time, at least not at the beginning. Like it can get to that point. But I think a lot of people, one of the things that's hold that holds them back from posting their runs is that fear of judgment of that. What are others going to think of me? Right. And then there are, there's the opposite. There's, There's them when they post their results um, and then they see someone else post, then they do compare themselves to other people. And I think that that's a trap that a lot of us fall into, especially at the beginning of our running journey when we're a little unsure, we're a little uncertain, we're maybe a little bit insecure. I think that that is something that a lot of runners can fall into. And, And I just, I want to acknowledge that because I think that that's a real thing. And the good news is when you find a community that is supportive, you will be able to get over that, you know, and and that is the goal is to be able to post your results, post how you felt, post whatever you want to share with the group and understand that this is a supportive group that of, of people that you're surrounded by. And that's one of the things that, that will help you realize whether or not you're in the right community for you. Like, can you share something without fear of judgment, without fear of, of shame, you know, that surrounds it because, and this is important of course for our online virtual running community, but any community that you're a part of. Oh, completely. You got to be able to be, be willing, be a little bit vulnerable with the people that you're around. Yes. Like I know that, um, it takes me a little while to open up to new people. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a characteristic. There are other people, they meet somebody, complete random stranger. And within 10 minutes, here's my entire life story. Um, depending on the setting, sometimes it, it, it opens up more to share things. Like if you've ever been on a run with somebody, you know, after about five miles or so, you're just, you're starting to share all sorts of family history and stuff. Oh yeah. We, it it all starts coming. That's one of the jokes that we have in, in our running group is that all bets are off after six miles. Like after mile six, you, I mean, you never know what's going right, to hit all, the table. It all just starts flowing out yep. there. It works as long as you actually really trust the people that you're running with. Mm-hmm. But the longer you run, the the more you put down your guard because you know that you and the person next to you kind of have similar experiences because you're both out there and running. You're both yeah. into it. And you get this like physical tiredness that kind of lets down your emotional uh, essentially barriers as well. Right. So would you say that that's harder to find then in an online community? Well, I think that it's, I mean, I know... F- from more my perspective, it takes me a little bit of time to open up to people. Mm-hmm. I think if if you really look at the online community, that it's a place where you can trust these other people if you think that they, they show similar values to you. Yeah. Then it's a place where you feel safe, where you feel like you can be trusted. And I think that in general, running communities, whether in you know 3D world or online world, are generally safe spaces. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the running community in general is very accepting, especially when you are talking about running Mm -hmm. and people can understand what you're going through and the experiences that you've been through. Um, I also think that it's an interesting thing that I just thought about that, you know, we were talking about kind of the collective conscious and the collective frequency and that kind of thing. And it's also important that you know that even when a community is very positive and very uplifting and all of that, like it's okay to still have those vulnerabilities. Like it's okay that you can still come in and 
have a negative experience. Like it doesn't necessarily, I mean, not, not to focus on the negative, you know, like you don't want to wallow in it, but at the same time, like not everything is unicorn and rainbows. And I think that, you know, knowing that it's an okay space to feel that and express that is also very important, but also understand that in general, those people are there to help lift you up, but you know, they're not going to sit there and just wallow in it with you, but they can still sympathize. They they can still empathize with where you are. Like, yep, I, I know it. I've been there. I've been in that mud and you know, it's okay. You're allowed to be there. And then also know that you will get out of it. Right. Without forcing help out of it. Yeah. Like then like you don't have to get out of it right now. Like you're allowed to be in it right now. Like I think that's important too. And that's one of the things that Brene and a lot of these other people that I listen to talk about, like allow yourself to feel like you're allowed to feel like, and this is super important. And she talks a lot about comparative suffering and, and the collective unconscious and that kind of thing. Like you shouldn't compare your suffering to others. Right. And that's one thing that we definitely want to avoid. <laughs> that's a dangerous move. Totally dangerous. Like the, it, it's actually extremely dangerous in her opinion and in her research. And like, comparing yourself to others and your suffering to others saying like, you know what? Like, yeah, mine's bad, but they have it worse. Then, then you're like shaming yourself for the experiences that you have. And that's not good either. Yeah. No, you, you want to be able to, to have those experiences and, and share and be comfortable enough with the people around you, with the community around you that you can have that mm-hmm. and that you're not just then thrown some pity. Right. And you're not, you're not just like, okay, yeah, let's all come down here and wallow in this together. But people can hold space for you for that. And then if you want help out, they're there and they're willing to do it, but they're not going to force you out mm-hmm. and they're not going to just look on you with pity either. Yeah. I think what you just said there is huge. They're there to hold space for you. Like they're going to allow you to feel the thing be in the thing because because you need it. Like that's a growing experience. Anytime that we're in that thing, like any sort of negative type of experience, that's important for us to grow. It's important for us to feel that and then gain what we need to gain from that experience and then move on from it. But holding that space, I think the way that you just said that was a beautifully phrased because that's one of the ways she talks about it also. Right. I mean, in the midst of like, you know, crazy global crisis it kind of seems a little less important to talk about like a race pr but if you go out and you have a bad race and you you know aim for a pr and you swing and miss and it's just not even close like you want to be a little bit upset about that you're allowed to be and and that's okay yeah and you don't want like if you've ever had this experience where like you were trying to hit a certain time say you were trying to hit like i don't know 25 minutes on a 5k and you come out and it just it's not it's not happening that day and you drop like 2630 like you're you're off you don't want somebody to walk up to you and be like it's okay you'll get them next time mm-hmm. like that's not what you need at that point yeah like not right away you just you just need another person there you need another person who has also probably experienced something similar maybe not with the exact same numbers but a similar thing where they reached for something and missed and to say you know you'll get them next time is not necessary but to say it's okay to feel like the, the way that you do yeah that's fine and that's one of the beautiful things about the running community like it doesn't matter what the time is on the clock and that's one thing that can allow different runners to connect because it doesn't matter if you are trying to get under 25 minutes or get under 30 minutes or break 45 minutes whatever that might be if you come up short like you know what that feels like and that's one thing that can allow runners of different abilities and levels to connect with one another on the same exact level. Yeah. It, uh, it kind of reminds me one of, uh, one of my favorite running podcasts outside of our own, um, is, is the morning shakeout with Mario Frioli. Because and, you like to naturally listen to ours every week. Because well, who doesn't love the sound of their own voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love his podcast. He does some great interviews. He just, he gives really good interviews, but he brings in some phenomenal guests and generally a lot of professional athletes, um, in all sorts of like ultras and trails and marathoners, like 
but a lot of really elite level athletes. And one of the questions that he's very big on asking that kind of closes the interview out with is, um, how do you think that you could help bridge the gap? How do you think that any professionals could help bridge the gap between the pro runners and like middle of the pack runners or Mm -hmm. back of the pack runners? Like, how do you... How do you let all of that together? Like, how do you connect with those runners? Right, because they're yeah. all runners. So how come how come there's this seeming divide where it's like, well, there's us runners and then there's those runners over there. Mm-hmm. They're all runners. Like, how come there's this divide between them? And all the pros are just like, yeah, I feel so connected. Like, people think, oh, I came across the marathon in four hours. I don't know. That person will never understand. But, yeah, but if you came across the marathon in like four hours and one minute, that person up in the front who ran two hours and 21 minutes because they were trying to break 220 feels the exact same thing you've got. Mm-hmm. Like they feel, they know that feeling and the numbers are different, but they know what it is to give everything that you could and miss a little bit or to just barely make it under. And that elation that you made it to a new milestone, they know what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. So to focus on the similarities and not numbers on the clock because the efforts involved and the emotions involved they are very similar. Yeah. It's interesting because we we do think that they are up there and we are back here. Um, you're a lot closer to them than <laughs> I am. Um, and that, you know, most of us are, but even so, like there's still those struggles, like, because, you know, we might be struggling us mid, mid pack to back of the pack runners, you know, fitting our run in with a full-time job and kids and and, and those kind of things and trying to stay healthy and make sure we get our mileage in and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, well, they don't get it. Like, they're professionals. Like, all they have to do is run. They get to run and then they get to nap and then they get to run again and then they get to, like, have their meals prepared for them. Like, you think that it's, like, all unicorns and rainbows and all they have to do is go out and run. But they, in fact, have their own stresses. They have tons of stresses. And for a lot of the... A lot of them, they're literally going from race to race and they need to hit the results at certain races. Otherwise, they don't get bonuses from their sponsors. And the base level from a sponsor for some of these like semi-professionals, they might be getting like what would work out hourly to probably less than minimum wage. They're getting some gear. They're probably getting some entrance fees paid for, like some race entries paid for. Mm -hmm. But if they're not finishing in the top 10, it's... It's as though they didn't run the race and it's possible and everybody's contract is a little bit different, but there are some contracts where if you show up at a world major kind of marathon type event and you finish outside of the top 10, you drop a level in your payment. Mm. So how's that for stress? It's your livelihood. Like that, that's your job. Like your job is this. And if you don't do well at your job, you know, we all know what it's like to have a bad run. Yes. Yeah. And if their bad run might totally drop their income level right like we we know what it's like to have a bad run we know what it's like to have a bad day at work what if you put the two of those together like what if you have a bad day of work and your boss shows up and is like "Mm, your salary's cut in half now yeah because of your performance for the last 10 minutes Mm -hmm. like this is what some of these like elite track athletes are at well and not only that but like think about how much mental benefit that we get from running as real life runners like the stress relief and all of that like how much of that do pros and elites actually get if their livelihood is depending on it right so um that's why one of the people that the pros that um i think a lot of more you know everyday runners connect with is um des linden because she kind of has this sort of just keep showing up philosophy mm-hmm. like that's kind of her go-to and um she's been flowing through my uh my instagram feed lately because it's boston marathon week and mm-hmm. so a lot of that people connect with her because her line is just keep showing up and everybody can say oh yeah i keep showing up yeah the same way that she does trust the process oh i trust the process the same way that she does and she doesn't worry about numbers and things like that yeah like she's been running for so long that she could completely coach herself but she doesn't want to she wants to have a coach out there who does this stuff for her so she doesn't have to think about it because that's one more stress that she can take off her plate yeah. and then all she has to do is show up and put in the work mm-hmm. that's something that we can all connect to show up and put in the work and the results will come yeah for sure i think that's that's a great point so that kind of brings us to our wrap-up like our episode wrap-up and i think that you know we've hit a lot of things 
today. Um, but basically, the whole point of this episode is that even though we're physically distanced, the community still matters, and and seeking out and finding a community still matters. So if that's a running community for you, which hopefully it is, I mean, you're, you are here listening to a running podcast. Mm-hmm. So again, if you want to become a part of our tribe, go to realliferunnerstribe.com to um, request access to our Facebook group. It's an awesome, uplifting, supportive group of people that are there for you. You know, it, yes, they're there to help share their stories and to share their ups and their downs, but they're also there to support you along the way. And that's one of the things that's the most important thing about any community. And I feel like even though we are physically apart right now, we, in a way, need this kind of community more than ever. I think well, we are physically distanced. It's almost pulling us more socially connected. It's making us really value the connections that we're going for. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go out of your way. You can't just casually see people. You know, if you're going into work every day, you casually see your coworkers and maybe you pass them and you start with a, you know, small talk conversation with them. Now to talk to people, to have that social connection, you have to actually plan out that social connection. Mm-hmm. You have to really think think about who you want to connect with and that's making those connections more meaningful Mm -hmm. because it's something that you had to go out of your way to do yeah i mean i'm surprised we haven't gotten into our long distance relationship at all during this (laughs) during this episode because it's it's similar you know i mean like kevin and i after college like he went moved back to california and i moved back to florida and we were distanced for over a year and a half and we maintained a relationship a committed relationship and a lot of people do long distance types of relationships and this is the kind of the same thing like you realize when you're far apart and you're physically distanced from those people that you need to be able to connect on a different type of level and you need to be able to have things to talk about and you know you get a lot closer a lot quicker in a lot of cases yeah it really does it makes the connection close it makes the connection really really strong and real because you know that you are actually trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Like in person, it's it's awkward to be really close to somebody and not talk, to just sort of ignore the person who's two feet in front <laughs> of you. That's weird. But when you're on the opposite sides of the country and you go out of your way and you're picking up the phone and you're, you're calling each other. And, and scheduling time zone phone calls, like <laughs> scheduling phone calls in different time zones. Like, okay, I'm going to be tired, but it's okay because this is, I'm committed. You know, like it, it's it's a different level of commitment. Yeah. And, and that that's the connection that we're getting right now. And I mean, we did it on opposite sides of the country, but now people are physically distant from the people down the street and they can still socially reach out. And that could literally make a more valuable relationship than something that's been more casual because you see people on a regular basis Mm -hmm. like oh no no they're my friends no there's someone that you see on a regular basis who are you reaching out to now that's your community who do you who do you have find the support who do you find this this deeper connection with Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we used to be on opposite sides of the country but now you can't get rid of me nope All right, so that wraps up our episode for today. Normally, we flow into our Runner of the Week segment, but we were a little bit late emailing our person this week and have not yet heard a response, so we just want to make sure you check your email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes we're a little behind. Um, you know, we're all in the middle of a, of a crisis and trying to share, yeah. share computers and whatnot. Share, well, yes. So, anywho... All of you runner, Real Life Runners tribe members out there, check your email because it might be you. You never know. So if it's you, uh, let us know. Reply to us and then we'll highlight you next week on the podcast. Sounds good. So that's Drum roll a, is waiting. The drum roll is waiting. So that is another benefit of our community, the Real Life Runners tribe. Um, join over at realliferunnerstribe.com. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, you know, each week we like to highlight one member of our tribe and, and that's doing something with his or her running, like, and just 
out there consistent. You know, sometimes it's a race goal, sometimes it's a PR, sometimes it's just consistency, sometimes it's just a a win that made that person really happy. And we like to highlight the members of our tribe because your story matters and you matter and your running matters and we appreciate you being an active part of the tribe and sharing your wins and sharing your losses and your ups and your downs and everything in between because that's what makes our community stronger and that's what we talked about today that's the whole point of the of the show that's the whole point be a community and and gain the strength from that absolutely so don't forget about our contest and our giveaway for you real life runners tribe members to invite your friends to come and join our tribe make sure they tag your you know put your name in the entrance questions yes make sure they answer the questions yeah they have to answer all of the questions and put your name down and then you get entered in um, our drawing for some real life runners swag like some shirts and a coaching call with us so we are going to leave that contest open until may 5th so gather as many of your friends as you want and bring them into the tribe as long as they are the kind of people that you know that that belong in our tribe yeah exactly so that's it for today as always we appreciate you thank you so much for spending this time with us thank you for being an active part of our tribe we appreciate you and we honor you for everything that you're doing to take care of yourself during this time this has been the real life runners podcast episode number 137 now get out there and run your life